to hear what the Spirit would say into the church. Anoint us and touch us. Edify us, dear God, to sing and praise and worship God with all of our heart. For you are worthy of praise and glory and honor. We love you. We praise you. We serve you with all of our hearts, God. We give our lives to you. We dedicate our lives to you, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I rebuke every devil in Jesus' name that would hinder the service. I rebuke every demon that would come between us and you, dear God. A freedom of worship. A freedom of praise. A freedom of a breakthrough in the Holy Ghost tonight. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is so good. We are a church that believes in truth. We're a church that believes in holiness. Amen. And I'm going to back and I'm going to do it again because this never gets old. Acts 2.38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent, turning from your wicked ways, and be baptized in Jesus' name. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Three keys, three steps to getting into the family of God and making it there. Then it's just all uphill from there and saying, God, I'm just going to take a step at a time. Hallelujah. But we have the plan. We're getting ready to sing. And there's something that God has put that we have to hang on to. There's something that should make you excited every time you hear it. Knowing that there is only one God. That we worship that one God and he's all powerful. There's no God juniors. There's no other little demigods running around that are able to, you know, usurp the authority of our God. No, there's one God. One God. Deuteronomy 6 and 4. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. Amen. Amen. We're going to sing into the Lord, worship and praise with us. And uh, just raise your hands because you're creating a funnel into heaven saying, God, I want all you'll give me. It's also a sign of surrender that says, God, I'm humbling myself before you. Praise the Lord, everybody. We're going to sing an old song tonight, page number 45. What a friend we have in Jesus. Amen. Open up your books and just sing with us tonight as we give praise and honor to the King of kings and Lord of lords. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. Oh, because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? be discouraged take it to the Lord in prayer can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrows share 
Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden? Cumbered with a load of care. Precious Savior, still our refuge. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friend the spot forsake thee. Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou will find the solace there. Verse number one. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and grief to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Hallelujah. Let's just praise Him. Let's just praise Him tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He's worthy to be praised. He's worthy to be exalted. Jesus in the Jesus, Jesus, Jesus in the 
Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the noontime, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus when the sun goes down. Let's have church, let's have church, let's have church. Both feet on the floor. Let the Holy Ghost move from the pulpit to the door. Somebody help me sing. Somebody help me shout. Somebody help me sing. Somebody help me shout. Mind on Jesus and let's have church. Get your mind on Jesus and let's have church. Get your mind on Jesus. Let's have church. Let's have church. Let's have church. Let's have church. Hallelujah. Put your hands together. Both feet on the floor. Let the Holy Ghost move from the pulpit to the door. Somebody help me sing. Somebody help me shout. Somebody help me sing. Somebody help me shout. Get your mind on Jesus and let's have church. Get your mind on Jesus and let's have church. Let's have church. Let's have church. Let's have church. Jesus and let's have church. Get your mind on Jesus and let's have church. Get your mind on Jesus. Let's have church. Let's have church. Let's have church. Let's have church. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen, amen, amen. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to sing tonight. I'm a one God apostolic. Hallelujah. I've got it on here somewhere. There it is. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, one God, up the solar tone, talking holy roll, the morning in heaven, bound believer in the liberating power, Jesus' name. I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit. I believe in holiness, and I suggest that you do the same. What's that for you? Knees, would you pardon me if I'm not ashamed? One God, apostolic tongue, talking holy roll, the morning in heaven, bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. Catch me preaching on the street. No! Too shy to talk to people when we meet. Then one day out on town square, a bunch of kids were gathered there, throwing beer cans at the law and shouting, Peace, peace, peace. 
Well, I did not intend to interfere. But someone started screaming in my ear. So I laid both hands on his head. And I prayed while we turned red. And the other kid said, let's get out of here. I'm a one God, apostolic tone, talking holy, rolling, born again, heaven, bound believer, and the liberating power of Jesus' name. I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit, so I believe in holiness, and I suggest that you do the same. What's set free at a Pentecost, I'll throw my knees, would you pardon me if I'm not ashamed? Be a one God, apostolic tone, talking holy, rolling, born again, heaven, bound believer, and the liberating power of Jesus' name. Testify at school, not me. People will say that I'm not cool. But then one day I had enough of that evolution stuff. So it stood right up and I said, God's word is true. My teacher did not know what to do. It seemed like he was shaking in his shoes. Though he knew I'm in no harm, he took me by the arm. And he said, son, what religion are you? I'm a one God, apostolic tone, talking holy, rolling, born again, heaven, I'm a believer in the liberated power of Jesus' name. I've been washed in the blood, sanctified by the Spirit, sir. I believe in holiness, and I suggest that you do the same. Was set free at a Pentecost, or I'll throw my knees, would you pardon me if I'm not ashamed? Be a one God, apostolic tone, talking holy, rolling, born again, heaven, I'm a believer in the liberated power of Jesus' name. the job, I figure they work. I figure they all know I go to church. Then one day, me in for a tonic and some gin. So begin to think perhaps he hasn't heard. I said, no, sir, I am not the drinking kind. Except for a thing they call new wine. As he lost his cigar smoke, and it seemed like he would choke. I proceeded to explain it one more time. I'm a one God, apostolic tone, talking holy, rolling, born again, heaven, bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. Been watching the blood, sent the five blood spirits, or I believe in holiness, and I just do the same. I was set free at a Pentecost altar on my knees, which pardon me if I'm not ashamed. Be a one God, apostolic tone, talking holy, rolling, born again, heaven, bound believer in the liberating power of Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He's worthy to praise tonight. Amen. Let's lift up the name of Jesus. He's worthy. He's worthy. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 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 It's come time to give unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Walk by. We want to shake your hand, tell you how great it is to see you. We're going to march like we do here and sing a song. And uh, so give from your heart. God gave so much for you. It's a little bit, just to give a little bit of your monetary that you have.
Praise the Lord. Amen. God is so great. All right, we're going to uh, go ahead and have prayer requests, so if you'll be thinking about that. Amen. So great to see Katerina with us. Great to see you. So many different ways you like one of them. All right. And uh, so we have our uh, announcements, our events we're going to have uh, this Sunday morning. We're going to have Sunday school at 1030, Sunday night worship service at 530. Going to be a great time of worship and praise. If you can make it, do so. You'll be edified and it will be a great time of praising the Lord. Then uh, Tuesday we'll have our Search for Truth Bible study. And uh, then back here Wednesday we'll have uh, our our regular scheduled Bible study. And so that would be a great time. And there will be food on Tuesdays for those of you that like to eat on Tuesdays. Well, there will be food there Tuesdays. So if you make it up, you get food, fellowship, and some uh, food of the word. So it will be a great time. All right. Is there any needs we need to take before the Lord? Carl? All right, pray for the homes fit. Unspoken. All right. Pray for the homes family. Um, he lost his wife, and uh, then his mother just passed away. No more than a, maybe a month and a half, I believe. Maybe a little more than that. He just lost his his mother as well. So definitely pray for that family. It's really hard going through loss, and uh, we're not created to take loss. So pray for this family. Um, there's a lot of been tra- a lot of tragedy, a lot of pain. And uh, so pray for strength for this family and edifying. Anybody else? 
Let's pray over these requests. God, you are awesome and mighty and powerful, dear God. We go before you, dear God, with each and every one of these requests, dear God. Mighty God, we put it in your hands, your powerful, mighty hand. You are able to do above and beyond what we could ask or think, dear God. We declare it in the name of Jesus, all power in heaven and earth being in that name. Mighty God, we put these before you, dear God, that you would take care of each and every one, each and every lost loved one, each and every one we've worked with and prayed for, each and every one, dear God, that needs you, dear Jesus, and have not able to make it to the house of God. We pray for them. We intercede for them in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Through faith believing in the name of Jesus, each and every request will be answered. Each and every prayer will be seen and your will will be done in each and every situation. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. pastor's going to be teaching to us out of the word. Get behind him. Affirm what he has to say. Believe it. This is the word of God going forth. God bless you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Brother Jonathan. You may be seated tonight. If you would open your Bibles with me to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, we're going to read verses 1 through 23. In responsive reading tonight, I'll read verse number one, you read verse number two, and then I'll read three, so on and so forth. Just like to say a great big thank you to everyone for all of your help, support, and work for our Easter program on Sunday night. Thank you so much, amen, all the guys that worked in the skit, uh, all of those that brought food, helped with the cleanup. So many people were involved. Y'all worked so very hard, and God did a wonderful, wonderful work. And we're so glad we was able to reach out and minister into our community. Luke chapter 10, verse number 1. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also, and sent them out two by two before his face into every city and place whether he himself would come. Verse number three, go your way. Behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Verse five, and to whatsoever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. Verse seven. And in the same house remain, eating and drinking such things as they give. For the laborer is worthy of his hire. Go not from house to house. Verse 9. And heal the sick that are therein, and say unto them, The kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. Verse 11, even the very dust of your city which cleaveth on us, we do wipe off against you. Notwithstanding, be you sure of this, that the kingdom of God is come nigh unto you. Verse 
Verse 13, Woe unto thee, Kozan, woe unto thee, Bethazai, for if the mighty works which have been done in Tyre and Sidon, which have been done in you, they had a great while ago repented, sitting in sackcloth and ashes. Verse 15, And thou, Capernaum, which are exalted to heaven, shall be thrust down to hell. Verse 17, And the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. Verse 19, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Verse 21, In that hour Jesus rejoiced in spirit and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that thou hast hid these things from the wise and the prudent and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. Verse 23, And he turned him unto his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things that you see. Amen. Let's just ask the Lord tonight to anoint our ears to hear the word of God and our hearts to receive it. Dear God, your word has went forth tonight, O oh God, and we want you to reach down and touch our ears. Anoint them, O oh God, that they would hear. Oh God, make our heart fertile for the word of God, that it can be planted there, O oh God, that it will grow therein. In the name of Jesus, we declare dominion and power over any enemy that would come against us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. So we see here that Jesus Christ reaches out and picks out 70 disciples and puts them in groups of two to two to send them out into the world uh, to reach out and to do ministry uh, for the gospel. He gave them some very specific instructions. Uh, but one of the things that he, that he charges them and tells them is he says, the harvest truly is great. But the labors are few. And there's a lot in that little statement right there. But God truly is calling us to be a part of his team in the last days. He's calling us into a great work, a great vineyard to work and to take care of the harvest that God is going to give unto the church. Because the darker the night is, the brighter the light is, and the more that our country walks away from God, the less that our world even knows what godliness is. We're living in a world that calls evil good and good evil. Um, you would be amazed if you thought about it tonight 
you go to one of the most popular computer applications there is out there for word processing, dominates the market, Microsoft Word, and you type in the word wicked and then go to the thesaurus to try to find what words are supposed to be equivalent to the word wicked. It's amazing tonight what has happened in our language and uh, how all of this has moved and transpired. Uh, I believe I've got it here close tonight. Let me see. Uh, yes, right here it is. Let me pull up the reference to the words. The thesaurus gives synonyms for the word wicked. You ready for them? Good. Great. Terrific. Cool. Fabulous. Fab. Fantastic. Impressive. Those are synonyms for the word wicked coming right out of Microsoft Word. Right, there's the screenshot. So our world has changed many, many things. And as we look at it today, our world is even trying to make the Bible into hate speech. Trying to say that the Word of God, when it is quoted, when it is proclaimed that you are practicing hate speech against people. Well, Jesus told us, love not the world, neither the things of the world. I believe that somewhere in there, God wanted us to realize that there's going to be a battle, there's going to be a war, there's going to be a struggle. And He even gave us the charge. He said, if you look and you see that there is a broad way, and there are many there be that go into the broad way. But he said, there is a narrow way that leadeth to everlasting life, and few there be that find it. If we're following the masses, there's something wrong with us because we're on the wrong path. If we're going the same way everybody else is going, if we are treading down the same way everybody else is treading, we're not following the path to everlasting life. But ultimately, that within itself doesn't have to be the indicator. We can take a look into the Word of God. We can look right in the Bible and it will tell us and give us the directions on what we are to do to find the everlasting life. And so he sent forth these disciples. He says, there's a harvest. He says, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. Wolves are ferocious creatures. I, I have never had a battle with wolves myself. But let me tell you something. You can find a little bitty Pekingese dog that's got an attitude. And uh, you can realize how ferocious that a wolf would be. But just looking at a little bitty dog. There they are. For some reason they decided that they don't like you. They're barking and a yapping and a snapping and a biting. I had one of them one time jump up all the way off the ground and bit me above my knee. 
just because the poor thing didn't know who I was and the owner walked in the room about that time and it went into attack mode to protect the owner. The devil is the wolf that is out there. He is going around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. There are those that are out there tonight and they have an agenda. The wolf has the agenda. It's looking for those that are weak so that it can take them down. It's, it's looking for the kill, whatever it's got to do. It, it has the patience to stalk and to surround and try to destroy. But God wants us to know that even though we are the lamb that's going out, he is equipping us. That we do not have to worry about the battle that we're going to face. We don't have to put together all of these arsenals and all of these things because there is one weapon that the church has that will be victorious every time. And when he looked at them in uh, verse 17, even the devils are subject unto us through thy name. The name of Jesus has all power in heaven and in earth. And so when we go into battle, we need to go in the name of Jesus. And there's something about being the warrior that has the name of Jesus upon you so you can take it into battle with you. To call upon the name of Jesus is great, but there's something about it when you've got the standard, when you've got the flag, when you've got the anointed, that you've got the power of the name of Jesus that's been applied to you like the Bible tells you in baptism. Amen. When you go down in the water in the name of Jesus, you are applying the name of Jesus to your life. You are being buried with Him in baptism, as the Scripture says. The blood of Jesus Christ cleanses for all, from all sin. And there's something else about the blood of Jesus Christ. The demons of hell cannot cross the blood of Jesus Christ. So when the name of Jesus is there, all power and heaven and earth is behind it. We go forth with that standard. So he, he charges him and says, Carry not purse, nor script, nor shoes. And uh, he says, You're going to go into a house, and when you go there, your peace will be unto this house. There's something awesome that he's putting here as a principle and showing us that there's something special that goes with the man of God. The man of God is bringing forth the peace of the Holy Ghost wherever he comes. He is there to minister. He is there as the vessel. He is there as the conduit of the Holy Ghost for that community. I am so troubled by our land today, America, around us everywhere. We have people that have totally lost the concept of what the ministry is all about. They've lost the concept of the respect for the ministry. Our churches have lost the respect for God. God is awesome. 
And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. When we, when we have an understanding that we come unto God and the very first thing that we need to realize is that we need a fear of God. He is our creator. He is the one that holds our destiny in his hand. And when we realize that our eternity is in the hands of God as well as our well-being on this earth, then that fear will motivate us to learn of that God. And the beautiful thing of it is that once we begin to begin to have a relationship with God, then we learn of His love. And when you learn of the love of God, then all the fear is cast out because you realize that God loves you and He cares for you and He's going to take care of you and He's going to provide for you and He wants the best for you. So, within that in our world today, somewhere, if we can get a hold of the concept that the man of God can bring peace into our world, the man of God can bring blessings into our world, what would happen if we would realize that the decisions that we're making in life, if we had God's blessings upon them, they would be better decisions. How many times do we just jump off and do something and we don't even pray about it? We don't even seek God's face about it. We just use our carnal intellect. We just say, well, that sounds good or it thinks good. There's, there's people around us that are trying to deceive us and stampede us. And a lot of times the decisions are made in haste and we repent often and long and hard because we did not pray about it. And somewhere within all of that, we understand that the wisest man that ever lived, Solomon, tells us in the multitude of counselor, there's safety. There's decisions that if we will take them to the man of God, if we'll go to the pastor and say, hey, pastor, would you pray with, with me about this? What experience do you have in this situation? God can use that channel to bring peace into our world. And God can use the wisdom and knowledge that he has been putting into his, his man of God to help you in your world. Take advantage of the tools that God gives you. Take advantage of what is there and allow the peace of God to reign in your life. Because he talks about when you go into the city, there's going to be those that reject you. You look in the Old Testament from the front to the back and you see those that rejected the counsel of God. Those that did not inquire what they should do. They don't have a very good batting average, do they? They don't have a very good track record when they just jumped up and they run. We see those that inquired of God. Joshua inquired of the Lord, what do we need to do? And there was the captain of the Lord's army that met with Joshua. And he said, here's the battle plan. Here's how we're going to take Jericho. Now, was that a logical battle plan? That you're going to this city that has a huge wall around it so big that they can race chariots around the top of it? 
And you're going to conquer this city by marching around this city seven days. And on the seventh day, you're going to march seven times. And you're going to carry this silly little box and you're going to carry your horns. And you're going to shout and blow the trumpet. And after that happens some way, you're going to be able to conquer the city. It's not logical. But it was God's plan. And when God gave him the plan, it worked. God honors our effort when we seek counsel of him, when we seek counsel of the man of God, things begin to happen in our life. He said, hey, if they reject you and they receive you're not, he said, go on your way. He said, even the very dust of that city wipe off. Because they had the kingdom of God come near unto you. And that's one of the saddest, saddest things that I could ever imagine, knowing that you were this close to God and you didn't touch Him. We know from the Word of God talking about the lady that had the issue of blood. And she realized if I can just touch Jesus, everything is going to be all right. She crawled on her knees, probably, going through the crowd. And when she just touched the hem of his garment, she was healed. She wasn't satisfied to do it man's way because man's way had not worked. She'd been sick for years and spent all that she had. She was still sick. But when she touched Jesus... Things happened in her life. Heal the sick, preach the kingdom of God. And tonight I, I believe in healing. I have seen miraculous healing. I've seen God do so many, many miracles. I know healing is, is awesome and I know it's part of the church. But I want to tell you one thing. You're not going to be healed every time you're sick. Because one of these days, it's going to be a different type of healing even. Because you're going to die of something. Amen. But there is, too, another sickness that our world has. That the church is reaching out and we're reaching in the lives so that they can be healed. And that is the spiritual sickness that is in our land. There's a spiritual disease that is rampant everywhere. And people are being deceived. Jesus talked about it. He warned. He said, in the last days, there'll be false prophets. The last days, there'll be hirelings. And he said, if I am the door to the sheepfold, and if anybody tries to come in any other way, it just ain't going to work. In order to get into the kingdom of God, we've got to go through Jesus. So there's a problem when our world is trying to put together a formula that talks about, I've got the Father, I've got the Spirit, 
I've got the Son. They're not going through Jesus. He is the door. And it's a very, very simple and understandable the Word of God is when you look at it. Because the name of the Father is Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, I come in my Father's name. St. John 5 and 43. If any other come in their name, you're going to receive him. We know that Matthew 1 and 21, the angel came and appeared to Mary and said, You shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. There's a lot of churches today that want you to believe that God come to save you in your sins. But the Bible says God came to save us from our sins. And St. John, Jesus looked at him and said, The Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. So we have the name of the Father, the name of the Son, the name of the Holy Ghost. And that is the name that on the day of Pentecost when Peter stood up and he began to proclaim unto them what they must do in order to be saved. He said you're to repent of your sins, to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. You can look in your own Bible, Acts chapter 2 verse 38. In the name of Jesus Christ and you shall receive. It doesn't say some people are going to get it. It doesn't say it's an option on your Cadillac. It doesn't say that it's only for the people right here today. He says, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And verse 39, he come right on down the line. He says, for the promise is unto you and to your children and all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. It is a promise that God has given to all believers. Believers become receivers. Let me give you a little secret. The reason that our denominal churches don't have the Holy Ghost tonight is because they don't believe it. The reason that the true church still is receiving the Holy Ghost is because the believers in there are believing the Bible. They're believing what it says rather than believing a lie. To the church in Thessalonians, he charged and said, Hey, with all deceivableness and unrighteousness in them that perish. He says, God is going to send them a strong delusion and they're going to believe a lie and they're going to be damned. Why? Because they had not a love for the truth. The, the scripture all around us talks about those that are there and they have a love for the world. And he charged them, love not the world, neither the things of the world. It's a reason that the the pressure was was there to have them to realize that there is the true church. And that is where I go to worship. That is where I go to praise God. That's where I need to be. That's where my soul is being fed. Is where the truth is being preached. Let me give you something to think about. We've got some bottled water back there. And if I held up that bottled water and I said, I want you to know this bottled water is 99.9% pure. There's going to be some of you in here that's going to say, I wonder what that other 0.1% is. 
And if it was something like uh, arsenic or strychnine, you'd say that's deadly. But it's 99% pure. But it's what it, the contamination that it has in there, the poison that it has in there that is making the whole something that is harmful. I'm thankful for all the truth that is being preached and proclaimed in our world today. But the lies and the false doctrine that is being mixed with the truth is what makes the denominal religion today harmful. Because if you believe a lie, you're going to be deceived. What happened to Eve in the garden? God come by and said, Thou shall not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The old serpent come by and began to woo her and to talk to her and looked at her and said, Thou shall not surely die. Let me tell you something. The devil's got a knot in his tail. God knows that in the day that you eat of this tree, you shall become as God. And that part of it was something the devil informed them that God may have not have told them or he may have told them. Because when they ate of the tree, they became more like God because God knew what good and evil was. He was keeping Adam and Eve innocent so that they didn't have to battle with all the evil that's out there. Just like today, we still need to keep our children innocent. But Eve believed the one part that that she would not die. The Bible says she was deceived. She believed that one word that was a lie. And as a result of it, on that day, they died. He said, well, I thought they were kicked out of the garden. It was a spiritual death. They were separated from the presence of God. That's what death is. Death is separation. When you die, your spirit is separated from your body. And when your spirit leaves your body, your body no longer functions. But your spirit's still alive, honey. Your spirit's still conscious because it's going back to God who gave it, getting ready for the judgment day. So may God give us the strength and the knowledge to realize that it's important to have truth. It's important to have the whole truth. Jesus charged them and said, buy the truth and sell it not. So important to grab a hold of the truth and what the word of God has to give unto us. So he sends them out. They go to several different cities and do the work of God from Joppa to Bethany to Bethlehem. And uh, Jesus here talks to them and talks about the cities that did not repent, the cities did not, that did not accept what God had from them. And one of the interesting things that we find here, uh, the city of Beth uh, Bethsaida, 
was an ancient harbor city in Galilee, and it was the birthplace of Peter, Andrew, and Philip. Jesus condemned this city, and it was destroyed around 66 to 68 uh, A.D. and never, ever was rebuilt. Here's a picture of some of the ruins of this city. When people reject God, they're on a spiritual shipwreck. Now, the Titanic did not go down in 30 seconds. But there were some people smart enough on there that after they gashed that big hole in the side of that ship and they saw it go down a quarter of an inch, that they knew that it was sinking. And they did a pretty poor job of getting the people off of there from what I understand. But they started at least telling the people, you need to get off. And there was some people that got off of there. So we see people that tonight are rejecting God and it looks like they're still floating. It looks like they're still going. It looks like everything's just like it always was. But it's not. When we have our God moment, and all of us have God moments, it's almost like it's God there trying to hold out his hand and stop us from going over the cliff. He knows where, that it's a road of no return. It's, it's the downhill slope with the no brakes routine that's fixing to happen, and, and he is trying to get our attention. Some of us are hard-headed. Some of us are real stubborn. And man, what God has to do sometimes to get our attention. May we wise up. May we scratch our head a little bit and realize, hey, I think God has something to say. Let me go figure out what it is. I may go to the school of hard knocks, but I don't want to be the best pupil. I want to be the worst people they got, the one that don't have hardly any hard knocks. Let me be able to take God's call into my life and realize that it is a call to change what I am doing, the direction that I am going the influences that I have in my life and my priorities will need to change when I have my God moment. Our world today is very inward. They're very much self-serving, very selfish, concerned only about themselves. But when we come to God, there's two very, very foundational facts. And the number one fact we need to realize is that there is a God. The second fact we need to realize is that I'm not him. And when I can get those two things down, then suddenly things begin to open up. I, I begin to realize that I have an obligation to the one that created me. If I'm created by God, he did it for a reason. And if I want to be happy and I want things to work right, I need to figure out what he created me for and what my obligations are to the one that made me. Now, they tell me 
that the way you can tell someone has a real mental problem in their life is when they do the same exact thing and every time they expect the results to change. For example, you have somebody go over and hit their head on the wall. It hurts! But they think in their mind if they hit the head next time, it's not going to hurt. So they go hit it again. It hurts! Well, it won't hurt next time. Yeah. I see some of you have experienced that. But may God wake us up that He has some knowledge and understanding that He wants to put in our life. Our priority thing that we talked about, putting God first. It's, it's biblical. It, the Bible tells us, Romans chapter 6, verse 33, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. We get the cart before the horse. We go looking for the things. And we don't have God. And we eventually lose the things. But when we go and we find God, then we realize what things we really need. Amen. For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but it is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So when we get into the kingdom of God, we find out that the Holy Ghost empowers us, gives us power, and it brings peace. Our world doesn't have any peace. Why in the world... Is on every corner almost in America, there's either a liquor store or a drug store. They're looking to try to find peace in a bottle. But God is the one that can bring peace even in the midst of a storm. You say, man, you telling me if I live for God that everything's just going to be roses? Well, you know, country music is wrong whether you play it forward or backwards. You play country music backwards, you get your wife back, you get your car back, you get your dog back, you get your job back. You get your hat back. But no, that's that's is not a magic genie that because those plants that you have planted, there's going to be some harvest that's going to come in. But God's got a lot better harvester than I do, so He can help you with that harvest in business. But even in the midst of harvesting some of these bad things, there can be peace and the fellowship of the household of God. 
The household of God is a true family that loves you and cares for you. Now, there's something about it. You don't have to worry about Brother Jonathan coming over and offering you a joint. You know, there's something about it. You don't have to worry about Sister Linda coming over and saying, Hey, man, I've got some dirty magazines I want to share with you. We'd be all worried. Because that is the fellowship of the household of God. There to encourage you to do the right thing, to be there and to help you, to pray with you. Now, I'm out of time and I've got to hurry, but I want to tell you there is a blessing to corporate prayer. When I say corporate prayer, we're referring to the prayer of the household of God, the prayer of the church. When we all come together and we all begin to pray and we all begin to seek God, there's a lot of power that's going forth. Cornelius, you read about Cornelius in the book of Acts. His prayers built a memorial before God. That lets us tell us how powerful prayers are. Prayers can build up before God and they get God's attention. He looks at those prayers. And so you're there and you're praying and that person's got God's attention and they call out your name. There's power in that prayer. And I want to tell you something else, a little secret on prayer that that I I learned in my life. I didn't always have a hold of this little secret of prayer, but prayer is a whole lot, in certain circumstances, is a whole lot like making installment payments. It's kind of like the layaway plan. It's not really credit, it's the layaway. We ask God for something, and that particular item is a lot greater than a 10-second prayer today is ever going to get me. There's a lot of things that God's got to put in place in order for that to happen. Hey, man, you think I ought to rib Andrew a little bit tonight, people? He's been praying that God would send him a wife. That that might be a huge thing. It might take him 10 or 15 years of prayer to get that prayer answered. Oh, just ribbing you, brother. Hey, man. Hallelujah. Amen. I, I believe and I know that even praying about God sending your wife is a great thing. I prayed that God would send me a good woman. Amen. And he sent me a great woman. Hallelujah. Amen. I wanted somebody that loved God. I wanted somebody that would live for God. I wanted somebody that would be a part of my ministry, be a part of my dreams and my life of living for God and, and doing the work of God. So, but those prayers, those type of prayers are prayers that you're going to pray and you're not going to have them answered the first time. You're going to have to go back and pray them again. Like Cornelius building memorial before God, you keep praying, you keep seeking God's face, you keep doing the work that God has. Those prayers will be answered. Never forget the testimony of Brother Tillery. Brother Tillery was a lay minister in a denominal church and and God gave him the revelation of the name of Jesus in his elder years and he was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost and he had a son that he he loved so very much. He loved this son. And he would go and he would 
walked the floors at nighttime. He was a man after my own heart. From what I understand, he would go and he would pray about 10 o'clock at night for this son of his. And he, he would pray for him for, for hours sometimes. And, and God, some way, saved my son. It seems like his heart is hard and his heart is... And he prayed day after day, month after month for this son. And he'd call him and talk to his son. His son was disagreeable and didn't want nothing to hear about, nothing about God, nothing about church. But what he did not know at that time, it seemed like about every night, about 10 o'clock, his son would get up and start walking up down the hall of his house. And he would be muttering underneath his breath, if you'd just leave me alone. If you'd just leave me alone. And he did this week after week. And finally his wife got fed up and said, if who would just leave you alone? And he said, if my dad would just quit praying for me, I wouldn't be miserable. But his dad didn't quit praying. Amen. And God reached down and changed his world. Amen. His son was baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. Several years ago, I got to meet the grandson of Brother Tillery. Amen. Talked about the great things that had happened, how God reached down and touched his dad. And I am thankful, amen, for the power of prayer. I want to tell you something. This book is true. Amen. All the words are life. You get in here, you read the book. There's something in there you don't understand. Yep. Don't go ask your reprobate neighbor what it means. Amen. Don't go call Mr. Uncle the town drunk and say, what do you think it means? Amen. Don't go call the... You get the picture. Amen. Go to the man of God. Go to somebody that has the anointing of God on his life. I'll give you biblical answers. I won't give you what Thomas 3 and 1 has to say. And if it's an area that, in the Word of God that it doesn't tell us what to do, I'll let you know. I haven't read anywhere in the Bible what brand of toilet paper you're supposed to buy. I just don't have any information on that one for you. Amen. Amen. But there are some things that are very specific in the Word of God. And those things we need to seek after. Because there's a lot of shipwrecks. There's a lot of forsaken places along life's highway because they refuse the man of God when he come by and he spoke truth into the world because it was not what they wanted to hear because it didn't line up with their tradition but I challenge you check me out in the word of God tonight what I have to say does it line up with the book is it what the Bible says Everywhere you look in the book of Acts, do they get baptized in Jesus' name or do they get baptized some other way? Everywhere in the book of Acts that they're baptized. Peter, Jesus looked at him and said, Hey, I give you the keys to the kingdom of God. This right here is the key to the, the church van. 
And if you're going to drive the church van, you need this particular type of key. You can try to get in some other way, but then you're a thief and a robber. But if I give you this key, you're not a thief or a robber because I have authorized you to take the church van. Peter had the keys to the kingdom of God. And when Peter was asked, what must we do to be saved? He didn't say, well, all you got to do is repeat after me. I've now got a license to sin. Go and do what I want to. No, he didn't say that. He said repent. That means to change. It's time to do a 180. Start forsaking that which is evil and head into that which is good. Asking God to forgive you, not with crocodile tears, not just something that you're sorry you got caught, but that you really want the blessings of God in your life. And then to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Why is this important? Why are you making such a big deal out of baptism in Jesus' name? Because if you're not baptized in Jesus' name, your sins are not forgiven. It's just real plain and real simple. We've got a lot of churches baptizing people in other ways, and none of those people have forgiveness for their sins. They've still got all the guilt and all the shame of sin upon them because they didn't do it like the Bible said. And you don't find the examples in there where God said, well, I'm going to give you an E for effort. You either chopped down the idols or God destroyed you. It's the way it was. He was a black and white God. He, he has absolutes. He loves you and he cares for you and he'll give you every chance to do what is right. But he don't negotiate on what is right. Right. That's right. Yes, sir. Amen. He loves you so very, very much. Let's stand together tonight. Amen. Let's ask the Lord to reach down into our hearts tonight and begin to move upon us that we would draw nigh to him. Dear God, you see each and every one of us here tonight, O oh God. Lord, we want to draw nigh to you, God, realizing, O oh God, that within ourself, God, there is nothing that is good, God. Within ourself and within our logic, O oh God, there is evil, God. All the way back to Adam and Eve, that nature, O oh God, of rebellion. But, oh, God, if we will allow your word to speak into our heart, that we can draw nigh to thee, O oh God, and realize that there is delivering power in the Holy Ghost, O oh God, that you want to change us, you want to encourage us, you want to strengthen us, O oh God. And as we walk with you and as we talk with you tonight, O oh God, oh, God, you've got power that you want to give unto us, Lord. Believers are receivers, oh God. Let us believe your word, oh God. Let's believe what you said, oh God. Thy promises are yes and amen. Thy promises are absolute and they are true. Oh, thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've said. Oh, God, you've been so kind to us.